You're listening to episode 135 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is God Gives the Travel Victory, based on Deuteronomy chapter 2. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is God Gives the Travel Victory based on Deuteronomy chapter 2. What are some victories that you've had in travel? What are some conquests and things that you have achieved while traveling? For many of us, it's crossing something off that bucket list. I finally went and saw that place. I finally tried this new thing, and I achieved something I never thought I could. All of those are great examples of victories, but when we dive into Deuteronomy chapter 2, we'll find that the victory that God gives them in travel is a lot more war-oriented than our travel minds might think, but there's still a lot of aspects that do apply to us, so that's what we'll be diving into today. But before I dive into Deuteronomy 2, I do want to do a quick recap of some of the things we've been talking about in the previous episodes, and I encourage you to go back and look at them for yourself. Over the last couple weeks, we've been following the story from Abraham and Sarah down the generations to Moses, and now he's been leading the people out of Egypt for 40 years. He is in the middle of a sermon right about to send the people out for their last trek, the last 11 days of their journey before they'll go conquer the promised land. And as he's giving his sermon, he's recapping a lot of places that they visited And today, in Deuteronomy 2, he's recapping some of the victories that the Lord has given them. You see, as they were traveling along, we learned last week that they went at such a slow pace that if they had traveled 98 yards a day, approximately the size of an American football field or a soccer field, depending on where you're at, If they'd done that once a day for 40 years, they would have made it all the way to the promised land. Now, we know that the Lord led them by a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke, and sometimes he'd rest over the tent, the temple that they had created for many days, months, or even years before they would move again. But they had to pay attention and trust the Lord to lead them. Now, As Moses is recapping where they've all been, he points out some things that I find very intriguing. For instance, they had to travel through lands that the Lord had already promised to other people. For instance, generations after Esau, his descendants had been granted a certain area of land, 
And the Israelites were not to try and claim any of it because the Lord wouldn't even give them enough land for their foot to truly rest on. And if they wanted any food or things, they couldn't just take it. They had to pay for it because the Lord had promised Esau's descendants this land and not the Israelites. Now, trace it back far enough, you meet Jacob and Esau, brothers, so you know that these tribes, these groups are related, but they had different promises from the Lord. As they journey on through relatives' territory, other territories that the Lord had promised to other people, they are also reminded that these giants. The the 40 years ago, they'd been too afraid to conquer the promised land. They made it, and when they got there, those who were able to fight were afraid of the giants that lived in Canaan, and so the Lord said, well, you'll never get to go into the promised land. You'll wander for 40 years, and I will wipe out this generation, anyone who was old enough to fight. And now 40 years later, they are all gone. But Moses is reminding them, we went through lands that also had giants that others had received as land promised to them because God was faithful to them. And no matter what you encounter when you actually get to the promised land, if there are still giants there, if God could defeat all this other stuff for for these other people, these other distant relatives of ours, he's also going to do the same for you because you are the chosen people. And they visit area after area, all of them designated to relatives, until they start to get into the land of Canaan. This is land that King Sihon, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that King Sihon had. And the Lord gave King Sihon the opportunity to let the Israelites go through. Moses sent a peaceful party to go greet King Sihon and say, We won't stray from the right or the left. We'll pay for all of our food and anything that we need. Let us pass through your territory. Because the promised land, the true whatever, is across the Jordan River. And Sihon refused. The Lord ended up further hardening his heart. And so Sihon, rather than retreating into his castle, lined up with his armies and stood to fight. But scripture describes how this battle went, and it was super similar to the parting of the Red Sea, and how Pharaoh's army was washed away by the waters. It was just as easy for the Israelites to defeat King Sihon as it was at the Red Sea. If you stop and think about that, The Israelites had nothing to do with the Red Sea. They were marching along. They get up to the Red Sea. They're leaving Egypt. And the Egyptians start to pursue them. So the Lord parts the waters and millions of these Israelites walk through on dry land. This 
would have drawn so much attention and questions, but yet the Egyptians pursue them into the waters. And as soon as Moses lowers his staff, as soon as they're all across on dry land, the rivers crash down and killed the Egyptians that pursued them. None of that was the Israelites fighting. That was all God. And here scripture says that defeating King Sihon was just as easy. It doesn't explain how the battle played out. It doesn't give us all those juicy details. But it was just as easy. And as we think about travel, as we think about the victories in our lives, it's so easy to take the victory for ourselves. It would have been so easy for the Israelites to say, we're the reason that this land is conquered. We did this. We whatever. But the victory was the Lord's, not theirs. The Israelites are still sinful people. They mess up constantly, just like King Sihon and the rest of the people. But God had made a promise to Abraham, and God keeps his promises. So 400 years later, 400 plus years later, these Israelites are headed to a land that was promised to them, and God is conquering the land and using them to drive out its inhabitants, to kill those sinful people in Canaan so that the Israelites can take over and conquer and win. And again, when we look at our lives, when we look at the things that we want to claim as victories, was it really us that did it or was it a victory of the Lord? When we travel and we cross something off of our bucket list, Was it not the Lord who made that possible? When we travel and conquer a piece of our fears, was that not the Lord guarding us and strengthening us along the way? When we travel, if we have a mindset that is just focused on ourselves, we will miss these many God sightings. We will miss the many miracles and things the Lord is doing. But when we recognize that God is the victor and we are the vessel, then we get to celebrate what he does every single day. And we get to communicate that in a way so different than the world. We get to not just say, look at me. I cross this off my bucket list. I'm so proud of myself. And instead say, look at God and how he made it possible for me to achieve this dream. Look at me not, but look at the Lord. Look at God who held my hand as I strove to conquer this fear. And how he put people in my life, put encouragers, put tools and resources so that this could be achieved today and every day. I don't know what 
dreams you're dreaming in travel or what ambitions you have, but let's thank the Lord for those. And let's also celebrate that if we never get to do them on this earth, if we never truly conquer our fears or our bucket lists or our travel aspirations, there is something far greater that we do get to achieve, and that is eternity with him for all who believe. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He opens the door. He is the victor over sin and death, things that we cannot conquer in our own doing. And he holds open the door so that you and I get to celebrate with him in heaven the place that we are truly headed, the true bucket list, the true challenge, the true dream. It's easy to focus on the earthly things, and while there are definitely many blessings that the Lord is doing here, we know that our promised land is in heaven. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, you chose Moses to be the leader for the Israelites. He questioned it. He didn't believe himself capable, but you chose him anyway. And now, over 40 years later, he is standing before the people and telling them that they're going to get to go to the promised land. But you gave him a message, one that he reminds the Israelites of where they came from, where they're going, and that along the whole entire journey, you were the reason for every victory. Lord, in our own lives, we can be so selfish, so self-centered, that we think we're the victors, that we are the ones who achieve and conquer. Lord, help us to see your victories, your power, your truth in our lives, and help us to vocalize those things to the world so that they may see your power too. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Christian travelers, I have one more thought and question, but before I do, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources and information about some of our upcoming events. I have a couple things in the works, the first one being January 15th, we will be doing a virtual conference to with speakers in a lot of ministry areas, Christian travel ministry areas, who are going to share some insights into how we can strengthen our Christian travel community and why your testimony, your travel story truly matters. More details will be coming in December, but I want to have that bug in your ear so that you can begin to share with your friends about this exciting opportunity and how you too can be joining us virtually on January 15th to mingle with other Christian travelers and to hear some of these awesome speakers. Also, we will be announcing our next big trip at that event, so you won't want to miss this. And of course, if you're looking for other podcasts, travel devotionals, and resources, you can find those on our website too, along with links to our social media and our newsletter, which shares this podcast directly into your inbox. 
One of the greatest ways that you can support Christian Travelers Network and this podcast is to share these episodes with a friend and encourage them to join you at our next event. But my closing thought and question is this. What is a King Sihon in your own life? What is something that you think is standing in the way between you and the promises of the Lord? It could be so tempting to run the other way, to think that the Lord will not move for you and make that way. But the Lord is far greater than we can think or imagine, and he is capable of moving those armies that stand against you. Now, it's also possible that what you think is the victory the Lord has planned in your life is not the one that he has truly destined, and therefore this army is truly a blockade so that you turn and look for what the Lord has next in other places. And that's something that you have to discern in your own heart and through continued prayer and conversation with him. But do not underestimate the power and the strength the Lord has to work miracles in your own life and for him to part the ways because the Lord keeps his promises. He always has and he always will. Thank you so much for listening today and until next time, safe travels and God bless.